Good evening, Wisdom Eccentrics by Naktang Rinpoche, Chapter 41, Part 1. A vulture got sucked into one of the engines of the plane on the way out of Kathmandu, and we had to land in Frankfurt. We felt sorry for the poor bird, but somehow it didn't feel incongruous. How could any journey involving Kyabje Kunzangdorje Rinpoche and Joma Sampel Dechen end conventionally. Chapter 41 Desolation Row Between 1995 and 2000 I made several trips to Yanglishod to see Kyabje Kunzangdorje Rinpoche and Joma Sampal Dechen. But the situation was made difficult by the political turmoil. There were assassinations, riots and subsequent curfews. The authorities were not entirely content with the idea of white-skirted fellows wandering around the hinterland. It's been difficult from time to time in Nepal, but that's what you have to expect there. The overnight bus from Kakabita is occasionally attacked by armed bandits. It arrived with me aboard on one occasion with a few bullet holes in the bodywork. The driver was a courageous man and saved his passengers from robbery and worse. The same thing happened to our student, Ursel, and she also lived to tell the tale. The general tourist runs to places like the Taj Mahal, Goa, Agra, Jodhpur and Jaipur don't entertain people with the same possibility of imminent death at the hands of insurgents or brigands. Still, although being in the line of fire is not comfortable at the time, it makes a fine story later, as the young hobbits sit around one's furry toes. There are many stories I could tell. Some are merely amusing and therefore best told in person. In November 2002, I was accompanied by a small group of ordained disciples, Barcha, Zudral, Trugyal, Trurig and Shazer. Rinpoche and Joma Sampel had moved to Boda where they rented an apartment in a house about 10 minutes walk from the Churton. When we arrived, we were met immediately by Joma Sampel. She'd seen us approaching from a distance because their apartment was on the top floor. She beamed at us, welcomed everyone effusively and took us to Rinpoche, who awaited us in the shrine room. The look of delight when Rinpoche saw me was extremely moving. I have no words for such an experience. I don't lack vocabulary, but however I phrase my feelings, diminishes the experience rather than explaining it. I was overjoyed, to say the least. I was still not entirely used to Rinpoche treating me like a loving mother. His only disappointment was that Kandrod Aitchen had been unable to accompany us due to the fact that the birth of our daughter Rachel was not far distant. I attempted prostrations, but Rinpoche diverted them by pulling me onto his throne-come-bed. Rinpoche stroked my face and arm as though I were his child, 
and I became aware that there were tears in his eyes. There were soon tears in my eyes, and it seemed impossible to contain the searing gladness I felt. I am so happy to see you again, Rinpoche beamed, and I couldn't speak for some moments. Everyone received a glass of single malt whisky, and we recited the drinking song of Kyabje Dujam Rinpoche. Because some drinking companions requested it, I, the drinker, Jigdrel Yeshe Dorje, sang this spontaneously. Within the supreme self-existing skull cup of happiness are swirling oceans of shining essence tiglays. Above, the five seed syllables appear and become the Yabyum Buddhas of the five elements. A flood of blessings flows from their ecstatic union. They move in great joy, melt in light, and dissolve into the spatial essence. Om Ah Hung. The three syllables rain from the dimension of space, and the precipitation manifests as Dutsi, a treasury of desirable qualities whose colour, taste, and fragrance are powerful. Om Ah Hung. Ha Ho Hri. Offerings multiply. Happiness arises on perceiving the wondrous unsurpassed Dutsi of the heroes and heroines of the world. I offer this to the pervading masters, my most kind lamas, the holders of the six lineages, the three jewels, the three spheres of being, the peaceful, joyous and wrathful Yidams, Mamos and Dakinas, protectors of the inner tantras, protectors Terma protectors, protectors of the treasuries of phenomena, protectors of the ground of being. The Sangye Kilko of my body, duality and non-duality, and to the infinite purity of the phenomenal world. Ah ho, wonderful. In this way, nobody becomes unhappy when drinking. Alalaho, marvellous, Shesu Sol, please drink. The Satsum and Buddhas drink in the space of existence. Chukyong and Srungma drink with awareness. Lamas drink on their thrones. Dharma friends drink sitting in rows. Monastics drink secretly. The Gurkha Changlode drink openly. Old men drink proudly. Old ladies drink smilingly. Men drink noisily. Women drink swayingly. Youths drink playfully. Girls drink laughingly. I, the Tantrika, drink happily. We drink happily without reference points to cause dissatisfaction. Because this apparitional banquet, free of referentiality, is offered to the illusory body, what we drink is a sacred feast. Anxiety is therefore unnecessary and we remain relaxed. Because appearances are infinitely pure, Discrimination is unnecessary and we remain serene. Because self-existent wisdom is total, effort is unnecessary and we rest with cheerful minds. The path of happiness we follow arises due to the kindness of the lamas. Alalaho, Kalpazang. With this, we all drank a sip together and a light, joyous laughter broke out. I will say something about the meaning, Rinpoche explained. This first line, within the supreme self-existing skull cup, 
means the uncreated, beginningless, enlightened nature. The swirling oceans are gyantso, the ocean and waves of the non-dual expanse of mind. Primal iridescence arises out of emptiness as light essence, the tigles. The five seed syllables appear and become the yabyum buddhas, a description of emptiness giving rise to form, then form dissolving into emptiness. This is endless. Om ah hung ha ho hri are the tsok korlo syllables. Offerings multiply means that the Tsokkolo is becoming magnificent in the atmosphere of pure vision. Happiness arises on perceiving the heroes and heroines of the world, because everyone is an enlightened being. Protectors of the treasuries of phenomena is meaning mountains, rocks, stones, trees and rivers. Everything is innately wonderful. From the point of view of Dzogchen, everything is wonderful as it is. So we are drinking to the infinite purity of the phenomenal world. Ah ho means marvellous. In this way we make connection. If we are drinking alcohol in this state of mind, nobody becomes unhappy. Also, there is no negative aspect to our drinking. Monastics are drinking secretly because they are drinking the secret offering at Sokkolo. This may just be a drop on the tongue. This does not mean that they are drinking alcohol when no one is watching. But sometimes this does happen. The Gurkha Changlode are drinking openly. This means they are drinking within the ground of primordial awareness. Anxiety is unnecessary because we are relaxed. Drinking in the presence of the Lama, we could become too anxious not to get drunk. But if we drink within the meaning of this song, we are not becoming drunk. Appearances are infinitely pure and discrimination is unnecessary because we do not judge how anything or anyone is acting. We are all powers and candros together. Everything is pure because self-existent wisdom is total. Oh yeah, this is Dzogchen Menak Day. If you understand this as mere indication, then you rest in the space of that understanding. But this is not merely intellectual understanding. This must be taken into meditation. Then came the time to offer our gifts. Amongst the gifts we brought for Rinpoche and Joma Sampo was a photograph album compiled by Trurig. It contained pictures of our Sangha. Rinpoche was interested in a photograph of Rigsin as it showed his taktrol and Rinpoche spent some time telling us about different varieties of taktrol. Where did he get this taktrol? he asked. I gave it to him, Rinpoche. I wore it for some years. I first had it when I was studying Maha Yoga with Yeshe Dorje Rinpoche.
He said I should make one like his, so I did, but about half the size. Now I can't wear a tack drawl anymore because, as you see, I have very little hair up there to which I could attach it. Rinpoche laughed. Oh, yeah, grass does not grow on the highest mountain. Rinpoche rooted around under his table and pulled out a small silver tube. It was a minuscule tack drawl. You should wear this tactrol instead, tied to your gomtag. We then returned to the photographs. There were many of Kondradechen and our son, Robert, and each of these he examined carefully before touching them to the top of his head. We'd been sitting quietly for some time when Rinpoche startled us. Yeah, I met Kyungchenaro Lingma. He told us this in a matter-of-fact manner, as if he was speaking about having met her whilst circumambulating the Churton in Boda that morning. It was clear, however, that he didn't intend us to understand that this had been within the realm of ordinary experience. Aro Lingma passed away, attaining Rainbow Body, in 1923, and the year of Rinpoche's birth was 1929. I was a young man, maybe 23 years old, when I saw her. And she said I should look for her in the guise of a young man with white hair. This statement was astonishing, not least because of its unexpectedness, but because no one had asked Rinpoche about Arolingma. Rinpoche addressed most of his comments to our students whilst I sat and listened, delighted by what he was imparting to them. He stressed to us all the importance of direct essential practice for those following a Dzogchen lineage. Shazer asked him what advice he had concerning the maintenance of the Aroter. Aroter is Dzogchen, he replied. It must remain so without prayers or chants being added. Always there are many marvellous prayers, but you must keep to the essential tradition. This must not be lost, because now the Nyingma have become so much a Mahayoga tradition and much Dzogchen is lost. Then Trugyal asked about the tradition and the importance of maintaining the Gurkha Changlo day. Rinpoche nodded. Oh, yeah. There are different types of Nakpas and Nakmas, and those of the Dzogchen category, who take the non-symbolic spaces of the sense fields as their practice, are now extremely rare. Because of this, it is most important that the lineage of Arolingma must be maintained in its pure essential form as a stream of non-ritual yogas. We gave Joma Sampel a white shamtab, which she received delightedly, but she told us she would only be able to wear it in the house. Rinpoche shook his head sadly. Yeah, this is not good. 
It is not good that she cannot wear this publicly. She has every qualification to dress as a lama, but Tibetan culture does not allow it. If she wore this white shamtab outside, it would be bad for her. The Tomyors would be angry and shout at her. Zudrow said, really? With some degree of offended surprise. Why would this be, Rinpoche? Because this is how Tomyors think. Tomyors have no knowledge of Vajrayana. They only know Tibetan culture and think that this is the rule. But this view is not Buddhism. It is not Vajrayana. This is just Tibetan culture. There is much that is good in Tibetan culture, but our culture is not more important than Vajrayana. Western culture also is not more important than Vajrayana. You must all know the difference between culture and Vajrayana. Tibetans do not own Vajrayana. Vajrayana belongs equally to all people who are seriously practicing in every country. Then Rinpoche turned to me. All your ordained female disciples must be white shamtab wearing. There is nothing that can be done to them because they are not Tibetans and they do not have to live here. Women are free in the West. You do not have to listen to Tom yours. So both men and women are free to show the correct Gurkha Changlo appearance. We spent the afternoon listening to strange accounts of Nepalese mafia activity in Yanglisho. Rinpoche and Joma Sampel had left Yanglisho because of it. It was no longer a reliable place to remain. Kandra Tenzin had been assaulted and several of the old Nakpas and Nakmas at Sogyal Gepaljong had been robbed.